What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am your host, Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Today, we are talking about why you procrastinate and why I procrastinate too. Listen, y'all know I don't have no problem putting myself on the chopping block, okay? We talk about you and me. (laughs) If you can't escape the spirit of procrastination and you get sidetracked, distracted, and discouraged because you can't stick to your goals or the things you say you want to do in your life, listen, let me be the first to tell you, you don't have a time management problem. You have a mind management problem. Where is your mind wandering? Where are you allowing your emotions to take you? What are you allowing your emotions to talk you out of? Most people don't lack time. They lack control over their emotions and the ability to prioritize. There was a fascinating article that I read in the New York Times about procrastination and there were two psychologists and they discovered that procrastination isn't about avoiding work. It's about avoiding negative emotions. So let's get into some real reasons why you procrastinate. I'm also going to share some of the ways I've had to trick my own mind (laughs) to stop procrastinating. But first things first, you have to get into the right mindset, framing how you see the goal in a way that puts you in control so that you can maintain a positive attitude. And so for me, when it comes to goal setting, I often feel the urge to put things off or procrastinate or overthink the task when that goal is based on something out of my control because I'm a control freak. Okay, now listen, don't y'all go run telling my business on this podcast. But yes, that's a problem that Kansas has. So now I often reframe my goals into something that I can control. So instead of focusing on the fact that I want to get 100 reviews this year on this podcast, by the way, did y'all leave me reviews on Apple iTunes? Your girl is waiting. Anywho, instead of focusing on a goal of getting 100 reviews on the podcast. I focus on publishing one valuable episode every week. It's something I can control. I can ask for a review, but I cannot control that outcome. I also encourage my clients to embrace this rule as well. You have to stop exter- you have to stop externalizing your worth to things you cannot control or connecting your sense of peace or well-being waiting on other people's approval or validation. You have to get insanely focused on the things that you can control. And so then once I set that goal, I get real with myself about some of the barriers to me achieving that goal. Sometimes I'm looking at my week and looking at some of the family obligations that I have to commit to this week while working. And so I may ask myself, what might trigger me to put this off this week? And so finding the barriers, it comes down to hacking your brain, right? Finding the the self-imposed barriers, the emotional barriers, you know, sometimes you have some things going on in your life. 
being real about what are some of the things that may trigger me as I execute on this goal and then figuring out workarounds for them. And so I'll share an example. So sometimes I have to take uh, my mom to a doctor's appointment and watching your parents grow older is something that people don't prepare you for. And sometimes if I have a work obligation or something that I have to do after those appointments years ago, I emotionally, I just wasn't there. And it was hard for me to stay focused because it just wears down on your spirit and it made me feel sad at times. That's just what it is. What I know now is if I have appointments or things of that sort that I have to commit to, then I don't schedule anything to do after that appointment. <laughs> or I may just schedule it early in the morning and have some low level task or things that I have to do after that appointment. So figuring out your workarounds, figuring out your triggers, looking at your goals in a way that is not focused on other people's approval or validation is one way. Another thing too is sometimes you have to simplify to amplify your efforts. Simplification is key. So when you say you want to do something, you get so caught up in the how. How am I going to get this done? How am I going to get started? I don't know how to get started. And next thing you know, your brain is racing like 10 steps ahead. And your brain is now telling you that you failed, that you did it wrong, that you don't know what you're doing, that you're not qualified. And so what I know now is the word how often creates so much clutter and confusion that it stops you from moving forward. It stops you from taking action. It takes you off of your game. And real talk, you have to ask yourself, sometimes I challenge my clients, do you really want to know the how or do you want me to validate or approve your idea? Chances are you know the how. Chances are you know at least one thing that you need to do to test that idea. Because the reality is everything is an experiment. You can do something the first time and you can do it 10 times and it may not work. Keep showing up for yourself. Most times you have to embrace things with an experimental mindset. The problem is you want to know with absolute certainty that this thing that you are going to do is going to work. And when you don't have absolute certainty, you stay stuck in the how. You ask a gazillion different people for their advice when the reality is what worked for that person may not work for you. So you have to approach things from an experimental mindset. You have to test those assumptions, fully knowing that it may not work for you. Keep testing or experimenting and showing up for yourself. So after I get my mind right and choose the task or the best thing that's best for right now, <laughs> I get into writing a to-do list. So I look at the task on that list and I say to myself, who, not what? I learned that from... Barbara Cochran. I heard her speak and she was talking about how she creates her to-do list. And she was saying that when she writes a to-do list, she looks at the task and things that needs to get done and she figures out who she can delegate or outsource or whatever those tasks to. And I know that there's someone who may think, oh, well, she's a million dollar investor and it's easier said than done. Well, listen, if you say easier said than done, you've already discounted 
the fact that it's impossible for you. Your brain is a work in progress, not a finished project. You tell your brain what it is that you want to believe. And sometimes it's about forcing yourself to think differently. I fired myself recently, y'all. Now, listen, it came with a cost that I didn't want to pay. (laughs) Real talk. But sometimes you have to fire yourself. It's been the best decision for me. But here's what I know for sure. There's no improvement without self-awareness. And I am self-aware enough to know that certain tasks are out of my zone. When I see something that stays on my to-do list week after week, week after week, it's a sign that, okay, girl, you need to be fired. Because although the task may seem very small, just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. So sometimes you have to fire yourself. And it doesn't matter how simple or easy the task may be. You also have to figure out what your time is worth. And I'm like, yeah, this task is simple. I can do it myself. Of course, I could create a PowerPoint presentation. Of course, I could schedule social media. Should I do it? Is it the best use of my time? No. (laughs) So that decision to fire myself from some of those tasks, it came with a cost. But Candia knows Candia just wasn't doing it. You just time to move on. So I had to figure out what my who, not what was, so I could make success happen for myself and get some of these things off of my to-do list. Another mindset shift that I've had to embrace to simplify things is years ago, when I created a to-do list, I would use the three to one format. What's the one important thing, two medium things, and then three small things that I could get done a day. Now, I just focus on a daily highlight. I'm identifying one daily highlight. So usually what I do is either sometimes Friday afternoon or Sunday evenings, I do a brain dump of all of the things that I have going on in my head right now, including my crazy little thoughts. And then I prioritize and put them in a to-do list and I schedule them on my calendar, but I only identify that one daily highlight. And so usually the thing that I identify, I look at how I want to feel because the reality is when you are setting goals, your goals are really about how you want to feel. It's not really about achieving that certain thing. You trick your mind into saying, you know, I want my dream job or I want a house or I want to start a podcast, but it's really how do you want to feel? You're you're chasing a feeling. You're chasing an emotion. And so three feelings that I have been striving for every week is to feel at ease, to feel organized, and to feel expectant. I wanted to feel less anxious about getting things done. So I say to myself, What's the one thing I want to get done that's going to help me feel more eased, organized, and expectant? It's going to help me feel like I'm making a difference in my life today if I got this thing done. And then I schedule that one thing. Now, nine times out of 10, I probably do the two things, but at least I can feel happy at the end of the day and I can feel worthy of a cocktail for the happy hour. Another mindset shift that 
I have embraced is the window of opportunity. I believe I read about this concept from the book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. But the window of opportunity is a principle, which means you only have about a two to three day window of opportunity to execute on that idea or that thing you want to do before doubt and procrastination starts to seep in. And the longer you think about an event or activity without doing something, the less appealing it becomes to do. And so what you have to do is minimize the time between thinking and doing. (laughs) That is very hard for me because I have the tendency to overanalyze. I to process things because I want to take my time and consider all angles when it comes to making a decision. I know this because my work and leadership style is conscientiousness. Now, I've taken plenty of assessments, but my favorite is DISC. So DISC is a behavioral self-assessment tool. It's an acronym that stands for four personality profiles, dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. I am conscientiousness. And a few of the things that I have to be mindful of is procrastination is often associated with perfectionism. I have a tendency to overanalyze. I'm often hesitant to accept new ideas without asking a lot of questions. (laughs) And I am typically uncomfortable with quick or risky decisions because I want to take my time to make a well-informed decision. Okay, so Candia is going to have questions for you. My mom's doctors, or one of my mom's doctors, when she would go to the doctor by herself, they would say, we were ready, I was ready for your talking, questioning daughter today. Where is she? (laughs) Because Candia is coming with the questions, okay? I'm coming in blazing. And so I use DISC during my training and coaching sessions with leaders as well. But typically... I know that sometimes the longer I spend planning something, the less likely I am to do it. I keep all of my journals and notebooks from a gazillion years ago. And recently I was perusing through some of my old notebooks and I was like, damn girl, what are you doing? (laughs) Y'all, I was looking at some of the things that I said I was going to do. And next thing you know, I was doing the walk of shame around my own damn house. Like, girl, what happened to that idea? The beauty of the situation is we are doing this walk and talk of shame together on this Candid Conversations podcast, and we're going to be all right. Our brains are a work in progress, not a finished project. I am happy to report that a lot of those ideas, they're out into the world right now, like this podcast. Bottom line, you have to minimize the time between thinking and doing or thinking and executing on the task. It's also important that you understand when you don't do what you said you was going to do, It affects your self-confidence. And so this is another reason why I always tell my clients and my workshop participants to simplify what needs to get done because baby steps count too. And it ultimately builds your confidence. You also have to be real with yourself when you're just being a storm chaser or a drama queen. Which one are you? Are you creating your own storms and then get mad when it rains? Someone said that on a gram. I don't know. But it's a quote around here, around these internet streets that says something like that. Stop creating your own storms. You can feel overwhelmed, but you don't have to own overwhelm. You feel overwhelmed and you own overwhelm 
when you overanalyze and complicate things, when you keep consistently trying to accomplish things and you just need to outsource or get someone to do it. If you find yourself complaining that you're overwhelmed several times a week, the problem is you, not it. Figure out what needs to get done. And in the book, War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, he says, the ability to overcome resistance, self-sabotage, and self-doubt is way more important than talent. I never forget when I was living in New Jersey and I had to travel back and forth quite a lot between New Jersey, New York, and Virginia. Because at that time, Virginia is where uh, my mom was living and I was living in Jersey. And so I was up and down the highway like crazy, y'all, just road runner, okay? And I remember crying in a car like, mom, life is a mess. I just feel like I'm all over the place. I'm living here. I'm living there. I'm trying to take care of this one who lives seven hours away, all the things. And I was listening to something and the guy said, your life isn't a mess. Your mindset is a mess. (laughs) I don't know if it was on the podcast or maybe God spoke to me. I don't know. But I was like, oh, shoot. Let me get my mind right. So you have to realize that sometimes when you're being a drama queen and at that moment, although my life wasn't ideal running back and forth, it was because I was doing too much and I was had these unrealistic expectations on my calendar. I was comparing myself like crazy to what other people were doing based on what I could do. And so it was causing me to feel Like my life was out of control and I was overwhelmed every other day. And I realized too, that when you say that every single day, you're speaking life into that. And then you decide to walk in a room with that energy. So you're making a choice every day to bring overwhelm in your life. What you eliminate can help you elevate. Lastly, I got this tip from Tim Ferriss. And so... Tim Ferriss, the author behind the four hour work week, he speaks a lot about the 2080 rule. Now, the 2080 rule is 20% of your actions will create 80% of what you want. And so he posed two questions to help you stop feeling overwhelmed. And I have added this to my life and I ask myself these questions often. But he says, What are the 20% of activities or people? that produce 80% of the results and positive emotional states that you want. The second question that he says you should ask yourself is, what are the 20% of activities, responsibilities, or people that are producing 80% of the pain, headache, and negative emotional states that you prefer not to have? (laughs) And that was game changing for me. He also said to ask yourself, what would this task look like if it were easy? And so when I talked about firing myself, that's how I came up with that. Because I said to myself, what would it look like if this task were easy? And I said to myself, somebody else would do it. (laughs) If it was easy, somebody else should do it. And guess what? I said, well, KD, you talking like... You talking big stuff, then be about it. (laughs) Make it happen then. And so I had to hire somebody to help me. Okay. And lastly, I said that that was the last tip, but this is really the last tip. 
work during your optimal energy zones. And so for me, I know I'm a morning person and I usually wake up about five and I start work about six. I know that typically I have about four good hours of work when I am most productive. And I've learned that the biggest mistake that we often make is believing that every minute of the day, there's an opportunity for you to be productive. And I believe that we each have optimal energy zones. I don't believe we should be striving for this nonstop hustle or nonstop productivity. And I would also encourage you to understand when you're thinking about that optimal energy zone, another, or when you're figuring out your optimal energy zone, I would also encourage you to let go of that traditional way of thinking about developing or producing. There's a a traditional belief that fixing our weaknesses leads to success. And I go back to that example of firing myself (laughs) from that activity because I was so busy trying to improve that. And I don't even like the word weakness. I don't like the word weakness. I prefer areas of growth. I always tell my leaders, you have an area of growth or you have an area of delegation. Get the task off of your to-do list. But anywho... I believe that traditional belief of fixing your weaknesses leads to success. That's where many of us get stuck. I believe that you should focus that optimal energy zone on your strengths. And now, of course, there are some skills that you need to focus on that are outside of your area of specialization so that you can triple your confidence, such as public speaking, negotiating, things of that sort. But discernment is key, okay? And so I would encourage you that sometimes it's unrealistic to believe that you have to focus all of your energy on fixing your weaknesses. It's also unrealistic for you to believe that you're going to be able to just stop procrastinating altogether. I just adopted being proactively lazy. I learned that from the book Atomic Habits. (laughs) I love that term. I tell my clients that now, how can we just be proactively lazy? One of the ways that I am proactively lazy is I batch process things. And so at the time that you are listening to me, this is my fourth podcast that I've recorded in two hours. And so I've had to stop myself from recording a podcast once and then hitting publish. Usually I try to record at least four to six episodes at one time so that I could be proactively lazy. (laughs) So again, procrastination isn't about avoiding work. It's about avoiding uncomfortable emotions. You don't have a time management problem. You have a mind management problem. Get your mind right. That is it for me today, party people. If this episode touched your heart in any way, share it with your people so they can share it with their people. I appreciate y'all. Talk soon.